0: only purpose for his life could be to serve as a warning to others. It's the Drew Marshall Show.
1: Hey folks, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca and all of your uh, mobile devices, tablets, phones, computers, I don't know, all over the place. And we're also here on Joy 1250 in Southern Ontario. Uh, every once in a while we do a journey segment on our show, and basically that's talking to someone who's normal, <laughs> not a celebrity, not an author, just a normal person. But that normal person has been thrown a few curveballs in life. I remember growing up uh, in the Jesus scene and church, and uh, the only time I ever saw someone interviewed on the platform was when they used to struggle with X, and then they found Jesus, and now everything's perfect. And I felt that my life sucked because my life was not perfect, even though I was into Jesus. So I couldn't figure it out. So I thought I'd try to fix that here on our show. Um, Priscilla Halfyard is in the studio, along with her unbelievably good-looking father, Mm -hmm. Stephen Halfyard. That was a great timed laugh there, Priscilla. That was It's a big laugh. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Now, I know these two uh, people pretty well. Um, I probably know your dad a little better than you, Priscilla. And um, uh, Stephen, your your wife, Bridget, I kind of grew up with her a little bit up at Teen Ranch a thousand years ago. And uh, she said, you know, I want you to come to this thing we're going to do uh, for Priscilla. And I said, okay, sure. I didn't really know what it was, but I just said, sure. And uh, turns out it was a funeral for you. You're looking really good for a dead person. (laughs) Where to go? I love the fact that you did that. I love the fact we can joke about it. We can smile about it. We can be real about it because, as I said when I spoke at this thing, so many people are so terrified of death that they won't even talk about it. They won't mention it. They won't laugh about it. You know? They won't do life. It's like as soon as some diagnosis comes, it's like they died then. And yeah, it's,
2: and that's sad.
1: It is sad. It is sad. So, um, Priscilla, I heard, sat in, uh, with everybody else and I heard person after person after person after person. It just went on and on and on. And everyone said that you're amazing. Do you think they were just saying that because, you know, ooh, she's sick and we gotta say nice stuff? Or are you amazing?
2: I think I'm pretty amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Good for you. Um, well, how old are you? 22? 22. Okay. Um, you have cancer. Yes. Do you remember the moment they told you that you had cancer? Like when the doctor said the C word and oh my goodness. And did kind you're... of. Yeah.
2: Everything kind of blurs together. Right. Because of the chemo and chemo brain, it, chemo brain doesn't really go away. No? (laughs) No.
1: Maybe that's what I have. (laughs) (laughs) Something wrong with me. Maybe that's it.
2: The first time it was, I don't know, I kind of froze.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And it was like, I didn't know what to express, and I got quiet and just kind of just kept myself for a bit
1: were you sick like how did they know to look for this how- they
2: didn't know to look for it they found it in a x-ray after the car accident oh wow that you mentioned in the synopsis
1: yeah okay well let's let's go let's turn the clock back let's go back to the day of the accident yes um i and forgive me for putting words in your mouth already <laughs> which is what <laughs> i do um yeah. i would imagine That day, that accident, would be just as hard, if not harder, to process than you having cancer. Because it happened to someone else, and, Mm -hmm. you know, your brother. Yeah. Like, that's just...
2: Man. Yeah. You get through it. God's on my side.
1: Hmm. Okay, so... Do you remember how that morning started? Was it an early morning? You know, so many hockey things are like 5.30 yeah. in the morning. Was it early?
2: No, it was. the accident happened at about 12.30.
1: Noon. Roughly. Re-ish. Yeah. Okay. And so you're driving along.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, taking Spencer um, yeah. to practice. And, and Spencer's just this wee little nothing of a young, right? Just a
2: little, little p- squirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was... I can remember clearly in the morning, we were in our like kitchen doorway, and I was kind of knelt down on the ground in front of him, and he said he loved me and gave me a big hug that morning.
1: Hmm.
2: And I can remember that clearly. Yeah.
1: I can imagine the actual accident would be unclear. Yeah, I
2: never, never lost consciousness. I remember the whole thing. You, you do? I do. What happened? Uh, we were driving down County Road 109. And we hit black ice, and the back tires kind of spun out. And the main impact would have been on the front passenger side tire area.
1: Right. So closer to where Spencer was.
2: No, he was behind you. Oh, he was
1: behind? Yeah. He
2: was in his car seat behind the driver. Wow. Yeah.
1: So bang all of a sudden right i mean mm-hmm. anybody's in an accident remembers bang yeah. and just and then everything sometimes goes into slow ev- slow motion is that right do you remember like a slow mo thing happening or no kind of okay and then stopped
2: and then there were got there were a bunch of guys trying to call 911 on cell phones yeah and i remember one guy yelling at someone that was standing in their driveway to go use a landline cuz the operators were hanging up on them. Why? It is it's actually apparently it's something that's happened in that area. Cuz there was a fire that a friend of ours had on their street like a car was on fire yeah. and the operators then were hanging up on cell phones too. I that's don't know, that's weird. just something that has happened in our area before.
1: Yeah. Um When did you know that Spencer was in real trouble?
2: When I was calling him and he wasn't responding. Yeah. And I just kind of started freaking out. And there were already like 10 people outside the car trying to get a hold of 911 or whether or not they had or not, I'm not sure. And it was just I needed my mom. So that was when I got my cell phone out of my purse and i dialed my mom who was actually getting ready to leave for a funeral of one of her clients cuz she works in a law office
1: okay right and what what was what was hurt on you did you know right away that you were in trouble too
2: my arm was sore and it was feeling weird right Cause the ner- cause it broke right in two. Okay. And the nerve got caught between the bone, and it was just grinding on it. So, like sitting normally, if I wasn't holding my arm, it would just kill. It felt like it was going back and forth.
1: Wow. Wow. And your foot got kind of messed up too. My foot was crushed. Wow. So the ambulance comes, I'm sure, yeah. right? And uh, were there two ambulances that came?
2: No, I think there was about five.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, there were a few injuries how, in the
2: other car. In the other like car as well? Three people, I think. Okay. Three or four.
1: Ah, oh, that's so brutal. And then, so did you and Spencer go in different ambulances? Yeah. Um,
2: he was the first one off the scene.
1: So they they took him right away, boom, he's gone. Okay. Yeah. And then when did they when did they tell you about Spencer that he he died?
2: It would have been probably sometime in the morning. By then, right. It could have been like one or two o'clock in the morning. And by who then, who told you? Actually, they let my mom tell me. Okay. And she came in, and my main concern was Spencer, so I was just kind of like, Spencer was like the only word i could get out. Mm. And then my mom kind of just shook her head. Wow.
1: Man. I'm sorry there's probably not supposed to be this much dead air on radio, but i'm <laughs> i'm processing this whole thing and just thinking how how tough this all is. Um What was his funeral like? It was happy. Yeah?
2: It was a celebration of who he was. And that's what I think funerals should be.
1: But it's sad. I mean, come on. This sucks. Well,
2: I mean, you grieve before and you grieve after. I mean, I feel that a funeral should be a celebration of that person's life. What they accomplished, who they were, their personality.
1: I'm sorry, you're 22? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you want to see my driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So how long were you in hospital for?
2: Um, I was finally admitted at about 5 o'clock in the morning, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was there The. then until Monday they transferred me to Brampton. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't going to let me go. But I had the surgery on the Tuesday to put a plate in my foot and my arm to hold them together. And they weren't going to let me go as early as they did, but they let me go on the Thursday because that's when Spencer's viewing was for the family. Mm -hmm. So they let me go on Thursday.
1: Okay. so because it's radio our listeners don't know this but you're you're sitting in a kind of a cool chair i think it says lamborghini on the side
2: (laughs) no i believe it says silver
0: sport
1: okay silver sport um wheelchair yep your right arm has two your other right arm has two plugs
2: yes it's a pick line
1: a pick line that's
2: for chemotherapy and stuff and they can take blood out of it and they can do anything they need.
1: Right. Your other arm has yes. a bandage on it. Yes. About 8,000 feet of tape.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: And you have swelling in that arm.
2: Yep. So no, when- it's a tumor. It's not really swelling. Okay. It's a tumor.
1: I just got told. Use real words, Drew. Okay, <laughs> I can do that. Um. So, aside from those two things and the, and the Sinead O'Connor haircut, um, would anybody know that you're sick?
2: No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Not the way I act, no.
1: No. You're still cheeky.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: remember when I said at your. By the way, uh, what are we calling it? A, a living uh, funeral or celebration of life? I don't know, whatever the term is.
2: Either living funeral or healing and humor humor, humor. hour. Right. I like that. It's longer than an hour, though.
1: It was longer than oh, yeah. an hour. You Pentecostals don't know what an hour is. <laughs> yeah. um, I, You know, when you were a young girl at Teen Ranch, you would go up to everybody and say, can I have a hug? And and I had forgotten all about that part of you until like seven people who spoke before me said, mention this. I said, yeah. can I have Priscilla say Can I have a hug? And then all of a sudden I went, oh, crap. Because my memory of you is you coming up to me saying, can I have a hug? And I would go, No. yeah get away from me and then I see you sick and I said at your at your thing that it really is pathetic that it takes you getting sick for me to start caring about you
2: yeah and I said you're forgiven
1: (laughs) do you want to take the rest of the show and just (laughs) How do you feel about the attention that I don't know no not the attention how do you feel about people uh, do people treat you differently do people do people oh they got to be safe and calm and quiet around you she got cancer
2: Whoa. Uh sometimes people seem different but for the most part the important ones like my family they've they're, they still treat me the same yeah for the most part yeah I mean then there's those times like my legs have been getting really weak and you can tell they're they're kind of a little bit more babying me.
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah, but my good friends, they're still there.
1: Have you they had people changed. have you had people disappear because they can't handle they're just too freaked out by you being sick?
2: I don't think I've noticed anyone disappear, but
1: Do you want some people
2: to disappear? <laughs> no.
1: Are you looking at the person right now? <laughs>
2: But I've seen, like, people, like, draw back, and then it's just just not as common mm. to interact with them.
1: Yeah. No, because I – look, I know people who can't handle other people yep. being sick, and they don't know – you know, they're not trying to be jerks about it. They just
2: – Well, they don't know how to deal with it unless they've been there.
1: Hmm. So obviously with your story, Priscilla, there, you know, I asked this question, a lot of people on my show over the last 12 years, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you the same question. You should not have anything else bad happen to you ever again, because this is crazy how much stuff you've gone through and it's not cool. Like, I'm sorry, you know, your dad's sitting right beside me and from a dad's point of view. I would be looking upwards and not – it would not go well. It would not be a good conversation between God and I because God and I have always had this – well, sorry. I've always had this You know, conversation with God. I'm sure God's going, oh, shut up, um, where I'm like, dude, you do whatever you want to me. You mess with my kids and we're done. I was there. Right? Yeah. We'll get to you in a second. <laughs> so I think there's a question in all of this, and the question yeah. is – there there has to have be, been at least a moment where you looked upwards and went, what? What?
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's been times where I think, why me? And, like, why was it me in the car with him? If God was going to take him, then he was going to take him. But why was I the one that got that privilege to be with him Spencer when he goes to see God Mm -hmm. and then they did an x-ray kind of as an afterthought just to check for any internal injuries or bleeding or anything Right, and that's when they found the shadow on my lung and then they went and did a biopsy and I got the cancer diagnosis and it was And before it was my grandmother, who I live with, why did she get cancer? And it's kind of like, well, I had to be in that accident to discover it. And grandma's been through there, through it, so she can help me through it. And it's kind of like the pieces just fall together.
1: Um, Because you're a Christian, wait, are you? Yes. Okay. I didn't want to assume. (laughs) Because you're a Christian, and especially because you go to, uh, is that the church you go to, the one I was at? The Broadway Tabernacle? No, my dad's
2: parents go to that one. I go to my other grandfather. He's a pastor. Okay. Oh, did I I meet him?
1: He was there that night, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's a pastor in Waldemar. That's where I go.
1: Okay. So you're hanging out with a crowd that believes that God can heal you. Yeah. Do you believe that God... No, no, I don't even want to ask that question. Because believing that God can heal you... Like, look, if God is God, then God can do whatever God wants. and God can heal someone of nasty cancer. I get that.
2: Yeah. He can.
1: Do you... Or he might not. Or he might not. What do you you say when people... Because I heard people say this in front of me. They were sitting in front of me. They said, well, you know, if she goes to heaven, that's healing. I kind of go, no, come on. You're just playing... That's not what we mean by heal Priscilla. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, well, he's going to take me when he wants me. There's nothing I can do about that, so why worry about it? Are you scared? The only thing, I don't fear death. Why? Because it's going to happen. Everyone (laughs) goes through
3: it.
2: (laughs) I mean, everyone's going to face death eventually.
1: Yeah, but you're 22. You should be a little freaked out about the fact that, yeah. that death may come sooner for you than me. Yeah. I'm old.
2: But it's not the death part that freaks me out. It's whether or not I'll have enough time with the people that I care about here.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's time, not death.
1: It just seems so surreal. Like, it just seems. It seems like we're talking about something... Over there with that person over there, but I'm looking into your eyes, and we're talking about you. Maybe not being around as long as everybody else wants. I can't even say the words. I like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hmm.
2: I'm sure everyone else has had a hard time processing it too when I say it. Yeah. I remember I, I was talking to my grandpa. He did the. The closing.
1: At the thing. And he
2: came to talk to me about it. Right. He wanted to make sure he was giving my opinion. Right. Kind of thing. So he came up to my bedroom and kind of asked me, and I said kind of the same thing. Like, God's going to take me. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, when he wants me, I'm gone. And it was, I'm not going to worry about that.
1: What do you want to do before you die?
2: Um. Well, actually, the oncologist suggested doing a bucket list, and I've got a few things on it. The living funeral was one of them. Uh, I wanted to go see Vegas, see the lights, and see a show in Vegas. Don't really care for the gambling. No. I want to see the lights.
1: Do you want to see Celine?
2: Uh, actually, we're going to see Jeff Dunham. Oh. Yeah.
1: Shoot, I wish I'd known that. Because didn't Jeff just come to Casino Rama?
2: I don't know.
1: Can you, one of you guys, look that up, Stephanie? Can you look that up, please? Because if he, if he might have already come, but if he hasn't come. Yeah. I would love to see if we could set up a meeting. Yeah. Jeff's been on the show before. Cool. He's a really neat guy. Yeah. Heart of gold. He's funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me and. Actually, Spencer used to watch them with me, too. Yeah, yeah? Yeah.
1: That's cool. Can I talk to your dad for a second? Sure. Oh.
2: (laughs) I think he might be a little more nervous than me, though. I think so. so. He just
1: pounded a (laughs) Gatorade. First of all, before we go to your dad, I just want to let everyone know, again, that you're listening to The Drew Marshall Show. And uh, we are in the studio with Priscilla Halfyard. Priscilla is a 22-year-old young lady who has had nasty things go down in her life and yet is here uh encouraging me and that's just a weird math equation um priscilla has cancer and hold on just before we go to dad i'm all over the place on this one <laughs> i i want to go to the healing thing again okay do you mind
2: yeah Go for it. Because as
1: I'm introducing you, right, people say, who's on your show? Well, Priscilla's on the show. Oh, tell me about Priscilla. Well, Priscilla's a 22-year-old girl who cancer. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I say, and it's not looking too good. Do you, does it bug you that I say that?
2: No, it's not looking too good to the doctors.
1: Because huh. some people um, don't like that kind of uh, conversation. They mm-hmm. want to say, Nope. God's going to heal me. Why aren't you saying that?
2: Because he might not. He might put me through this journey, create an awesome testimony, and take me home with him. What is
1: wrong with this girl? <laughs> I don't know. This this kid, you're a part of this? I'm looking at dad
0: here. Um, She's here to help you.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently.
0: <laughs>
1: Laura your thoughts on this awkward conversation I'm having over here well
3: it's actually kind of an intimate conversation so I've I've hesitated to to interrupt and I am certain that you've heard this before but I'm I'm so incredibly in awe of your courage and I don't know if you call it that or not but that's my my word for what I'm witnessing and I'm watching it literally unravel drew <laughs> um, and I think one of the most profound things you said is that you don't fear death, but rather that you fear a lack of time, which I think is a beautiful way of expressing kind of how you feel at the moment. And I, I think your level of hopefulness and your level of enthusiasm for living, I think when you say you might have a testimony out of this that you'll share, I think, I think you got it. I think you're doing it right now. And it's clear through your life story so far that you have the, all this influence over a really cool group of people, so I don't think the testimony's coming. I think it's here. You're living it.
1: What's wrong with your eyes? Nothing.
3: I'm good. Totally <laughs> good. Must be the lights. <laughs> you've relegated me to this corner over here and the lights are hot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Allergies. <laughs>
3: Allergies. Yeah, you've you. said that a few
1: times, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I say that when I, I'm I'm I happen to be sitting beside a buddy of mine. We go to a movie and all of a sudden I'm tearing up. The lights, they do that to you. The lights come up right away. Like, dude, just give me a second, will you? <laughs> and I say to my buddy, man, must have mold in here. this
3: not
1: just... oh, good. Um, okay, so, Stephen. Um, I think time's up. Stop it. <laughs> Before I ask you this question or these questions, I want to let you know that uh, – that they tell us that at any given moment on our show, we have 100,000 people listening, and we have over 150 countries listening in right now. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. me. Just, just to let As you if know. I'm not
0: nervous enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun to do that.
3: You did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Priscilla just high-fived me. Way to mess with my dad. <laughs> it's this, fun. This is, uh, how many children do you have? Two. Um, you're the youngest This is your baby girl.
0: Yeah, don't go there.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like as a dad, I'm not like I'm just not cool with this. I mean obviously you aren't either, but um what do what's happened to you on this journey? You know, obviously this is a spiritual show, so I'm interested to know, you know, spiritually what's gone on in your brain and your your guts.
0: Priscilla's strengthened my faith. Like Her faith is absolutely out of this world. Um, Just hearing people that Priscilla's touched uh, when we were at that healing and humor night, even before all this cancer stuff started, like I was floored at the people that got up and shared and the people she's touched. And it's not just... Kids her age, it's people my age, which is pretty old. Mm. But I said it before you did. <laughs> yeah, you better do that.
1: Yeah. Have you ever have you ever um, done a negotiating prayer? You ever done that with God? If you do this, I'll do this.
0: No. Not knowing where Priscilla stands with it. Um, what do you mean? I want to be on the same page as her. I don't want So maybe she to won't
1: s- get healed because you guys aren't praying for healing. <laughs> That's what a lot of people in the, in the Jesus scene will say. The reason she didn't get healed is because you didn't ask for it. You didn't claim it in the name of Jesus.
2: Oh, we've claimed our healing miracle. Right. We were praying. I don't think my dad was there. It was at my grandfather's church. And there was a group of people around and someone was speaking in tongues. And my grandfather translated, and it was, I don't remember the exact words, but a healing miracle is coming your way.
1: Okay, so does that That's mean what? you're going to get healed from cancer?
2: I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'd like to believe But you that, know what but I, here,
1: but here's the thing. In this conversation, what I get frustrated with in these, in these kind of, yeah, situation, I'll say that again, is is I'm not convinced that they either heard that message right or that that was the message because I've heard so many times people claim healings and then die and yeah. and it I you know as a fatherly protective guy I want to protect you from being disappointed I want to protect you from holding out such hope you know and we're supposed to yet here's the here's the weird juxtaposition we're supposed to put our hope in god and so i guess you're supposed to have that attitude of of dear god please heal me and i i hope you will Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: but at the same time you know i try to be i I, try to keep it real right
2: like i understand that it's up to him Hmm. he's already fought the battle he's already won and whatever way it goes i already know i'm winning
1: You sound like like Charlie Sheen (laughs) (laughs) And yet not at all
2: (laughs) Well If I If I get through it and survive It's I beat cancer I win If not I'm going home with God What better prizes than that
0: No response Drew
1: you never see me like this, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Allergies are bothering you, yeah, too. No no, 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 no. I don't have tear ducts. Um, let's talk about you and Dad. Have you always been really close and buddies? <laughs>
2: um, actually, we had a pretty big falling out. When I first came out about depression, I was suffering years ago. And it was Halloween when I went in for emergency brain surgery that someone told me that my dad was coming to see me. And that was it. Nothing else mattered. None of the fights we'd had about depression, none, nothing. It was just, my dad was coming.
1: Hmm. What was that um, thing that somebody prayed? Healing miracle? Hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I would imagine this would be something similar to that. Yes. I cannot... I would not be able to cope with life very well (laughs) if my daughter and I were not cool. My daughter and I have bashed heads for a lot of years, so I know what the stress is like.
2: It was three, four years not talking. Really? Yeah. And then I was in the hospital for brain surgery, and... I don't even remember who it was that told me that my dad was coming, and it was like everything else melted away. Nothing mattered. Hmm. None of the fights we had, none of the arguments, nothing mattered. But my dad was coming to see me.
0: And even when I showed up at the hospital, she's going... Daddy's coming! Daddy's coming! I'm going! I'm here! I'm here! Well, Daddy's I, I, coming! I, I did Daddy's have coming! tumors in my brain. Yeah. I right yeah. 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 Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'm so happy for this. You can't see what's happening here in the studio, folks, but we've got a father and daughter who were not cool with each other for what you say, three years? Four. Yeah, four years. Who are holding hands, and both uh, leaking fluids out of their eyes (laughs) and it's a good thing it's a great thing it's a great thing did you ever i mean it sucks that it had to take something like this for the big turnaround though right yeah what do you have to say about about like what's the follow-up i mean what is there to say about the fact that you you and your daughter were just not cool for four years, and then bang uh, it's just got to be a huge weight off your off
0: your soul, man oh, it is I don't know how to explain it um, I'm speechless
3: <laughs> in that time that you were separated what what was the thing that drove you back. So you you explained that you were in the hospital and all you could think about, everything else melted away. Your dad was on his way. What was it about that moment that you realized this was your moment, you needed to get there?
0: The biggest thing was with her going for brain surgery was me showing up and her not knowing me. Hmm. Hmm. And now you're crying. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. I didn't. I just got on a plane and flew here. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up, and and I went in the hospital room in the ICU unit, and.
2: Daddy's
0: coming. She's saying, Daddy's coming. And she had three tumors removed. And she, that earlier, like 12 hours previous, and she talked to me and told me everything happened in the last three days. And I'm like, wow.
3: Amazing.
0: Absolutely amazing.
1: Well, um, you know, look, this was a big effort for you to come down here today, and I really, really appreciate it. This is the kind of, I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit, which is so unlike me.
3: Very (laughs) unlike (laughs) me. Whatever. But this is the kind of
1: stuff that that makes me happy about doing what I'm doing. Um, for you guys to share your, you know, and it's a little, uh, you know, some it's, it's a little voyeuristic. It's a little us looking in on your life, and it's this is very private stuff. But for you to be willing to share it, like seriously, thank you. It means a lot because the the um,
2: my story can touch at least one person. Then I'm yeah, doing good.
1: Yeah, but these moments are uh, the um, the Celts used to call this this moment a, a thinning thin places is what so C.S. Lewis, you know, Narnia and all that stuff um and Tolkien, they both use that phrase a lot, thin places, and this is a thin place and what the Celts were talking about was the gap between the creator and us all of a sudden gets really thin in moments like this. That's just what what happened today on the show. So thank you for that because I suck at creating thin places. (laughs) The gaps get greater between me and God.
3: (laughs) Some of us create them. Some of us just recognize them, I guess. Yeah, I see. Facilitate them, maybe. (laughs) That's a beautiful explanation. I love that. I'm going to use that again.
1: I wish you the best, Priscilla. Thank you. It sounds sounds like that's so... It doesn't even cut it. I I want you to not have big stupid tomb in your arm i want you to be able to have your hair back i I want those things yanked out of your arm i want you i want you to walk again get out of a stupid wheelchair i want you to have your life back again in 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 the way
2: nice but maybe he's got a new life for me
1: nobody has shut me up as quickly as this woman
3: (laughs) (laughs) i love her
0: (laughs) i love her more True story. True story. <laughs> he might
2: love me a bit more though.
0: Yeah, that's
1: oh, right. Oh yeah. In the <laughs> other room, the fiance is in there. Yeah. Well, I guess it's part. You know, part of this whole thing is is that there's a little bit of surrender that has to happen. He's God. We're not. We don't know what the future holds, and uh, and I, I hope. But
2: hold- I know who holds the future.
1: Mm. Okay. Song quoted. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this interview. <laughs> um, folks, Priscilla Halfyard is the young lady who has just rocked all of our worlds. And um, her dad, Stephen, has um, has been part of this as well. What a great, special treat to have both you guys here. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Again, we are streaming live at DrewMarshall.ca. And if you missed any of today's interview with Priscilla, we will repost it again later next week.
0: to find quality guest speakers these days. If they're interesting, they're usually expensive. And if they're cheap, they're usually boring. Well, here's someone who's both expensive and boring. Drew Marshall is a high school dropout who tried to become a pro football player but didn't make it. He then tried to become a firefighter and didn't make it. Now he's trying to become a stand-up comic. (laughs) Good luck with that, Mr. Marshall. But if you're looking for someone who's unpredictable, incredibly honest, provocative, genuine, then we've got the right guy. Everyone seems to be an expert on something these days. Why not book someone who's an expert on nothing, except how to be brutally honest about yourself and your faith? To book Drew Marshall as your guest speaker, go to drewmarshall.ca.